Say It Skillfully is about being who you really are and saying what you think needs to be said, even at work. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. Join Molly Chang today as together we break the silence and learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in life. Hello, Molly here. Welcome to Say It Skillfully, helping you find the words to create shared reality in a way that's true to yourself. And we have a bright, sunshiny day in New York City. And I am thrilled that we have callers from across the country and world joining us. And uh, we're going to start in the Dallas-Fort Worth, Texas area. And I am super jazzed that Drag is joining us. Drag, welcome to Say It Skillfully. Hi, Emily. Thank you for, for, for this opportunity. Well, I am thrilled to uh, hear from you, and I am curious, if you don't mind me asking for listeners' sake, um, where is your family? Uh, well, uh, I'm originally from Macedonia, but uh, I got an uh, offer from Microsoft in 2001. I moved to Microsoft Ireland and lived uh, with the family for 14 years. And then again with Microsoft, we got the opportunity to move to States. So I was living uh, eight years in Seattle area. And now in the last six months, we moved to Texas as my son started University of Texas in Dallas. Wow, congratulations, college kid, very exciting. (laughs) Yeah, and also computer science. Oh my gosh. Well, he's following in the father's footsteps. So I am uh, thrilled that you're joining us and curious what the challenging conversation or situation is on your mind. Well, uh, I'm I'm still (laughs) thinking what should we talk about? Uh, We we saw um, the challenging week last week with all the 40,000 people losing the job in technical sector like Microsoft and Amazon and Google. Everything happened in one week. And it's always difficult uh, for the people and always difficult for, for, uh, you know, thinking about the loyalty, thinking about the purpose of of your job, the purpose of your uh, working for like advanced technical companies. I I don't long work for Microsoft since 2018. I moved to different uh, stuff like to tech software. But uh, when I was at Microsoft, it was always a case of uh, who will win the next every year usually in September and January. Yeah, I, um, I feel the heaviness for drug. I, um, I was just talking about this last night and I just used that round number, you know, boom, 50,000 people don't have jobs. And, you know, I was with Cisco for many years and I really appreciate that that cadence, you know, it's kind of looming out there. And, um, you know, and I've, I've been on a side where 
I saw folks who really kind of did everything we said that they uh, needed to do. And for whatever reason, they, um, you know, that that business wasn't strategic anymore and boom, they were gone. And um, mm -hmm. it's really, you know, it's, it's a really tough topic because there's, um, you know, it, it's hard, it's hard for me. I mean, and I'm not going to make anyone bad or wrong about this, but like, wow, oh my God, 10,000, we have 10,000 too many people. <laughs> like yeah. you have 10, I mean, so it's, it's, you know, it's just, um, and then the idea of, oh gosh, we're really sorry. We're really sorry. We were overzealous in our hiring. Yeah. You know, and it, I, um, you know, I can, on the one hand, I can get it, you know, that um, I think growth for growth's sake, the focus on accelerated growth, I think people convince themselves that that's right. And it's, um, you know, it's interesting because I, Dave Wharton has been on the show who has many years in VC private equity, and he now runs the Tugboat Institute. And it's a bunch of private companies, but they're very focused on the paced growth, a real sense of purpose, being purple people first. And I'm not trying to be sappy, but it's really fundamentals that I think help um, have connection with people and not growth for growth's sake. You know, when you grow really fast, it's easy to outgrow your management team, right? Because the people haven't had the experience to, to necessarily make that fast of a rocket ship rise. So um, I think, you know, I, I would love if we could all kind of sit back and think like, huh, is this really what's serving society? You know, that it's a really hard thing. Um, when you are in it, you know, I, I kind of am yeah. I'm curious. So do you, are you, you're, what are your feelings? Are you angry? Are you like anxious? Like what are your own personal feelings? Well, um, at that time at Microsoft, uh, it is always, you know, the case of will I be the next? And you're talking with people who uh, who will let go like for months after it, and basically they are still with uh, wondering why this happened to them, and there were no like signs of any kind of like performance issues. And you know, usually they, even the company says, well, this is just the number decision that we have to cut this amount of, uh, this number of employees and all that stuff. But it's from the perspective of uh, someone who is there for like 10 years, 15 years in the, in the company and every performance is, is stellar, in results and suddenly they are just getting you know uh, information that your position is no longer needed it just gives you you know uh, opportunity to 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 realize was this really the world that you will uh, living in or was some kind of um, difficult like a different perspective of of your life and your working because when you um, join the company after like heavy interviews and all the stuff after all you're not uh, you're joining like big company with like plenty of employees and it's always you know fear um, competition to get that interview and to to pass that interview 
And when you are already part of the team, part of the company, and you are uh, already uh, in the company and in the philosophy of what we want to do and what the company is uh, looking for and what the company is trying to establish in the market and new features for the products and all that, all that stuff. So you are completely focused uh, on the success and you get you know um, feedback through the performance and feedback through uh, through talking with your, with your managers about uh, how su successful you are and how uh, your work uh, contributed to the success of the company and then suddenly you have <laughs> you know like that uh, moment when you're no longer needed and you have all your excellent history with, with the company and with your team and all the like successes that you you've done suddenly uh you're doubting yourself uh am i uh, wrong on something um, am i not that good for for the stuff that i'm working on so um yeah i appreciate your raising this so let's let's take it then the three put ourselves in the different shoes. If you're the employee, and um, you know I've had to deliver that news, so I I think this is the thing. Some things are just out of our control, and I think it's important to go through whatever emotions one is feeling. And um, you know, did I? What could I have done? You know, it, it's easy to kind of second guess oneself. Did I not read the tea leaves? Could I not tell? And I would just encourage folks not to berate yourself. In some of these situations, um, it's and it's not about blaming other people. It's just saying, you know, this it was not meant to be. Clearly, not meant to be. I want to encourage folks to, you know, get the solicit input if there really is something right that from a performance issue that really is there to be open to an area of growth. But if it is something that just kind of came down. And some of these mass layoffs are just that. Please don't make it personal. Please say, look, at, I'm not going to doubt myself. There's things, look at this past time you had with the company. See what was positive about it. How did you learn and grow? And then, you know, you'll know who your friends are because your friends, and we'll get to them next, the colleagues out there who will help you get to your next place and know that it happened for a reason. I'm not saying we'll ever understand why, but you can be better for it. But the the self-belief for a drag is really really essential. And I know it can be hard, but, but look for that. As the colleagues, and it's really, first of all, it's like, wow, it could have been me, right? So maybe there's guilt for maybe it was, should have been me, right? And then, you know, how can you be supportive, which is not necessarily to solve, but to listen to our colleagues and to, to ask, you know, how can I be helpful for you? What can I do? Um, I was so proud, a very proud moment because a dear friend of mine who's been on the show, as very senior at Salesforce and sent a public note out on LinkedIn and said, look at, I, this is a really hard day. You know, when you announce 10,000 people are losing their jobs, let me just share that I will do anything I can do with my network to help you. You know, and, and just, I think that note of, of someone so senior being supportive um, is, can mean a lot. 
So I, I would offer that, that if you're a colleague to be supportive and not feel like you have to solve, but to go into it and ask people, how are you feeling? What can I do? Rather than perhaps not say anything or assume they're okay. Yeah. You know, and as the bosses, for folks who aren't at the most senior ranks, it's really hard to deliver that news. And in some cases, just be as transparent as you can. Um, give the person a chance to share how they're feeling. And then ask, you know, what can you do? And to the extent that you've got connections, go there. Go there and say, hey, how can I help you? Who can I connect you to? And it takes a village, right? And I think, Pradrag, these things are not, um, you know, I hope people don't feel alone, although I know it can feel very lonely. And I think that if we can recognize that there is a there there that one can be better for it, it's happening for a reason. Um, I'm just going to offer for folks, you know, to really think about, the organizations you're with and the dynamics and the people relationships and really nurture those and um, feel connected. And hopefully that puts you in a place where, you know, it really is a long-term relationship if that's what you want. Um, and I do want to encourage folks, if it doesn't go right or what have you, you know, don't sell yourself short, you know, go to places where you feel like you can be part of a community um, add the value you want to add, spread your wings the way you want to spread, fail the way you need to fail. And I'll be better for it. Yeah, definitely. So I just will close. You've you've opened our, our hearts, I think, to this topic, and I, I feel a lot of compassion from you. You know, what do you want most for your your children? Well, um, basically, for my children, it's like now, what the, the future holds, and all the especially for the uh, for the recent graduates now they have to compete with the you know with the people who are already on the market because of the, all these uh, job cuts so it it is the really um, mind-boggling uh, to you know, what advice to give to the kids who are just entering the job the job market. Oh, so. that's a, that's <laughs> a great question. You know, I, um, I said this, I've got five darling nieces and nephews, and I say this to all young people, you know, you'll, you'll likely work for another company for companies, but I always think equip yourself to work for yourself, equip yourself to work for yourself, meaning the basics of business, uh, marketing, driving demand, selling, if you can get experience, um, in a 360 way and what it takes to run an enterprise. I really think that if you take that entrepreneurial mindset, again, you may still stay working within a company for someone, but I really encourage folks to think about, I call it Molly Inc., you know, Predrag Inc., and to, you know, feel that you can do that and to have a, a bit of ability to call some shots. And I, and I have found that to be a, a very empowering from an emotional state for drag. And I think a lot of that is how do we feel about ourselves? So, you know, I encourage folks to not, you know, I get it. And I think it's really important to acknowledge that if you're in a space where there is some history of layoffs and what have you, like, hey, let's just be upfront. That can happen. Um, none of us are, you know, Superman, Superwomen, and, and that can happen to us. So that's to be prepared. But, you know, I think that that building of the skills, um, can be something that the young people can take proactively, 
right? And not feel like, oh, so bad. Well, look at, let's create a better way forward, right? Maybe you want to create an organization that you feel that you can create stability, um, value people, keep them on long-term. You know, I think this is what I'm most inspired by the young people, right? They're out there to inherit the mess that we've created and make it better. Yeah. 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 Um, Yeah. So I'll, I'll just ask you one last question. You know, we've chatted about a lot. Do you have a top takeaway from our chat? Yeah, I do. It it is, um, I get that, um, you know, that there's always um, a solution for any problem that you you can have. And always there is the path for entrepreneurship and startups as the way of doing the stuff that you want to do and do it your way. Yeah. Yeah. I love that empowering message. You uh, inspire me. I am um, here for you. If there's any way I can be helpful, you or your sons, Predrag, please let me know. You are being part of the solution. And uh, I wish you a really, really great rest of the week. Thank you, Molly. Thanks for joining me. Take your care. Thank you. Okay. Wow. That was uh, fantastic. And I am very excited that we're heading to India, way over to Mumbai, and I'm welcoming Rajendra to the show. Rajendra, welcome to Say It Skillfully. Hi, Molly. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. Excited. Yeah, I'm thrilled. You know, we met on LinkedIn, and I'm um, excited that you're joining. Do you have a particular challenging conversation or situation on your mind today? So one of the most challenging situation I do have is people have quiet minds sometimes. So it's uh, a different way of dealing uh, with such kind of difficult people wherein they don't speak and uh, they just stare at you and they're quiet in their nature or approach. So that is a difficult situation, I would say. Oh, very fascinating. Say more about this, please. When you say quiet minds, folks are just, you're in a meeting. Help me with the setup here. So it's generally one-on-one. So imagine if you have a peer, a colleague who looks up to you, but doesn't appreciate much. If he wants to, he keeps up uh, a different way of uh, communicating, you know, using sarcastic comments. If one opens the mouth and probably like, you know, be just quiet in in his approach. So imagine that kind of colleague, you know, you just have one-to-one interaction daily and then uh, you are there all the time speaking because the other person is not speaking or has a lot of work in front of his uh, desk or probably doesn't bother to even interact and just stay calm and probably quiet so that, you know, he loves that attention probably. (laughs) Yeah. This this is so, say a bit more. So this person is someone that you really do need to interact with, collaborate with? uh, Or is it, yeah, so you do do need the interaction to actually do good work. Yes, yes. So communication happens. So when it comes to 
official or professional uh, decorum we need to interact with people our colleague our peers right yeah. and uh, in doing so uh, it has to both way it has to have both ways you know it takes uh, two to tango it says that if i communicate or express the other person needs to you know come back it is not like you know the person is not interested it's just that the personality or the style of that person or the approach of this person is just as is like you know quite mind doesn't speak much yeah so this is really fascinating let's uh let's talk this through and it can be easy to jump to solving for for gendra so you know i have this me you we framework so me first is like what's going on for rajendra so how do you feel when this is happening when it comes to uh, my feel you know i feel that uh, the person is not approachable and uh, having that uh, thought that the person is not approachable i feel stuck you know sometimes whether to open up or kind of stay put yeah. like you know to the situation so it's very uh, tricky you have to actually uh, compose yourself not to talk too much you know yeah probably yeah. you just spill over the whole space or the relationship so it's it's so it's quite tricky yeah brand Yeah, so this is good. I I'm, I appreciate you're putting words to it. It's really important for us to understand what's going on for us because the internal energy is something that the people feel. So if you feel stuck or confused or you know, if people feel angry, the other person feels that. It's totally legitimate whatever one's feeling is, Rajendra. And what I would say is if it's something that's not going to serve opening up the dialogue and helping the other person speak, we want to lose that. right so if you if you have a think well that person's not approachable well that's your experience of that person and probably not so helpful so you might lose that and you might say well let me let me inhale a sense of compassion you know maybe this person just really really is not comfortable interacting right and that's a hard you know any if you think of something you're not comfortable at when you're not comfortable you're not comfortable so you have compassion that this could be really hard for that person and mm-hmm. you know then how 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 maybe can i make it easier and so these you show up and think of it as like i want to be helpful i want to be a partner and and coming across that way will increase the odds of receptivity you can't you know uh, dictate how another person responds but you're showing up in a certain way can increase the odds make sense yes uh relevant it is because this is exactly the approach and uh, approach that i carried you know in the first uh, settings eventually okay. what happened was uh, just because of uh, my uh, my ways of uh, doing things because i am i'm a very speed oriented person so whatever i do i actually don't stick to one particular job so i kind of add more work to my own uh, desk and i try to give more the best of what i have so what happened is the approaches there with that same person with every compassion what i have in my breath uh, but since i'm doing 
x plus y plus z the plus y plus z is not asked for i think so that is taken otherwise somehow and it's not been appreciated but he cannot you know the person cannot speak about it imagine that yeah. scenario yeah yeah so i want to keep keep you even before the work part because you set it up so you show up and i think the next thing is just kind of acknowledging what's the situation and let's just say um um chaitan the person's name is chaitan so chaitan you, you know i um want your intention as i want to do great work together and i think you're super qualified and and i really you know whatever is a positive acknowledgement that's genuine and one thing that i'm struggling with is i you know i think it's hard for me to figure out how do we interact it seems that we don't communicate a lot so you want to get on the same page he might say well we communicate all the time and you'll be like what so trying to just understand like what is the situation and both of you being on the same page about the situation forget the work forget the work right now mm -hmm. and okay and so you know one of the things that helps me is you know i tend to be someone who tries to be you know more open um how does that work for you you know i hate it when people do that oh say more and so you have to go back and forth and figure out you know what is it that helps each of you you know do great work together and to co-create that now you might say, "Well, this person doesn't care about working with me." That's kind of a separate thing. If someone really doesn't want to work with people, so I'm going to assume positive intent. The person wants to do great work with you. They're not really sure how to communicate or what that looks like, and so that's our opportunity: is to be curious to say, "Hey, how is it going? What if we were the like the most amazing work duo in the company? What would that look like?" You know, or think about the great teams that you've been on. And just say, hey, I, I'm really here because I, I think you're amazing. And I think we could really do awesome work together. You know, so it's a whole positive and, you know, what can we do? Now, again, you can't force the person, but you've set up a situation of how do we team in a powerful, positive way. And by asking questions, you start to understand what does that person need, right? And how do I communicate? Because it's about, you know, what does the other person need? We might need certain things, which is great. They need to know what you need. You need to know what they need. And that's the process of dialogue. Right. And so then, then you can right. think about, right. And then you might say, Hey, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I did all this stuff. And I know you're not meaning to feel, you know, unappreciative or whatever, but it makes me feel bad. You have to be upfront about how you feel too. And mm -hmm. to realize when we are making our, I mean, this, I can't tell you the number of people taking on all this work, you know, like you're a martyr. I'm like, no one asked you to be a martyr. Okay, so like, just make sure that, you know, we're also owning the part of the problem where, where we might be inadvertently creating it. I agree. Okay, so that hopefully gives you a bit of ammo. So now that you think about this person, again, and doing the same thing and expecting a different result, kind of the definition of insanity. So after what we've said, Rajendra, what what do you think you might try differently with this person i'll i'll be consistent in terms of approaching that person one showing my intent to uh, work together and uh, asking questions that will help bridge the gap if there are any great that's really great one of the things about our human relationships um and it really this notion of trust People want to have trust in each other, right? I, mean, I hear that all the time. 
And right. the root of the trust is really the courage to be vulnerable. And at right. work, it can be counterintuitive because we want to have all the answers. We want to be the smartest one in the room, right? So, and it's not a, a science, how to be vulnerable. It is a, a bit of art. And that ability, ability to extend the olive branch where, you know, hey, I don't have all the answers. I don't really know. This is hard for me. Can you help me? That may not be the most intuitive thing. Um, and it does, but it does set out to another person that this person is real. Now, you could say, well, I could be taken advantage of. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then that's information for you about the environment, about the person. Um, mm -hmm. But in the majority of places I go, when people extend that olive branch and they show that they're willing to be real, it really, it really gives the other person that permission. You know, every time I've given someone a chance to be real, they go there because people are really dying to be who they really are. Um, you know, with all the things that are not perfect about ourselves, and still be loved and respected. Mm -hmm. Um, so I just I just offer that as because um, you sound like you get a lot done, you're task oriented. I could imagine I'm not saying this is the case, but I could imagine. Wow, you look like you're getting all this done. It's it's almost intimidating, right? To another colleague, mm -hmm. right? And again, that's not right. what you're trying to do. You're trying to get great work done. But imagine being someone else's shoes who might not be as self confident. Just so consider right how how um, you might be coming across. Um, and just create possibility for that. Sure. Um, so that has been interesting. Do you have a particular or a follow-on question for that? Um, no, that that is a great piece of advice. I'll uh, try to follow that. Okay. Any um, any top takeaway from the uh, our chat? One is. Uh, you need to show your uh, genuine approach uh, every time before assuming or keeping filters. Second is, uh, you know, uh, vulnerability is uh, one set of uh, ask that uh, is to be looked at. And uh, obviously there could be a standing truth in between uh, that I have to identify and kind of you know close that gap so yeah great great i appreciate you i uh i'm cheering for you all the way around the world um rajendra so if i can be helpful in any way i'd love for you to loop back let me know how it goes and i'm cheering for you and i want to thank you for being part of the solution okay you take good care thank you thank you molly god bless yes take care bye <laughs> so great Okay, we are coming back to the U.S. of A next door in New Jersey, and I am delighted to welcome Michaela to the show. Michaela, how are you doing? Hi, Molly. How are you? I am doing fabulous. I'm talking to you. <laughs> it's a pleasure to be here today. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's, uh, the pleasure is all mine. What is top of mind for you? Well, um, just a little background. So I'm 23 years old. I recently graduated college from Rowan University here in New Jersey with two bachelor's degrees this past May. Um, I worked through worked my way through high school and college um, to be able to graduate debt-free, and that was a huge goal of mine that I achieved as a young person because I knew I wanted to be able to start my career on the right foot. 
Um, now I am currently working in human resources full-time for a mechanical contractor. Um, I've been here for the last year and a half, and I'm extremely grateful for, grateful for my position in this company. I work with a great group of people who are really down to earth and make um, work a great place to be every day. I'm learning so many new things to enhance my professional life and opening my eyes about my uh, personal life. Um, recently, my boyfriend and I of five years have moved out of our parents' homes and into our own place together. Um, this has been a fun yet very anxious journey so far, but we know we are capable of living out on our own, and we are excited to make the next steps towards our future together. Um, so with being young professionals, our lives are beginning to change for our future together, and I would like to ask for your advice on how to balance our lives and create boundaries to ensure we are becoming the best we can personally and professionally. Ugh. Joyous, you're gonna save the world. Drag is still listening. Like he wants, he wants to work where you are. This is fantastic. I love it. So first, my congratulations and kudos. Wow, 23 years and that you've done a lot. So kudos Thank to you. you. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah, this is great and very exciting, um, personally and professionally. And I really appreciate the intentionality. Because, you know, it can kind of be a blur, right? And I think, you know, I can hear it. You love what you're doing for work. Um, I'm, I'm sure that they're appreciating you for you to be so enthusiastic about it. And, you know, I do believe in the saying, you can have it all in life, Michaela, but not necessarily all at the same time. Not necessarily all at the same time, right? And that ability to have the open conversation, um, with your boyfriend and just keeping, you know, being able to say what needs to be said, if you will, is, is really fundamental. So let me just ask you, how do you feel about how you folks communicate? You know, 10 would be like, Oh, we're great. We duke it out. We, we can say whatever. Um, five might be, Oh, I think 50% of the time we hold back. You know, how would you rate yourselves? Um, definitely highly. I don't know about a 10 cause I think a 10 is just above and beyond, but we're best or He's my best friend. Um, his best friend so I think we're both both very um open to communication and we tell each other everything we need to especially now that we're living together so that opens a whole new door of um new responsibilities and communication that we need to trust in each other yeah that's great well I think some of the practicalities of the change is it's um acknowledging the change for folks and some of the 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 learning for each of you is like hey what do I need Right. So if you're first of all, you're moving out, just, if you're just moving out on your own, that's a whole separate thing. And so I would offer just that time reflection and saying, what do I need? You know, I remember a dear friend of mine was um, wasn't yet married, but you know, she's a super busy career person. And she had a conversation with her um, partner then. And, you know, it was a very, very, very demanding thing. He was just like, you know, home for dinner on these nights you know, at whatever time, whatever. And it was just the chance for him to really think about what do I really need, right? To feel honored. And, and, and he put it out there. She's like, okay, I can do that. <laughs> okay. And I know that sounds kind of crazy, but the ability to be really upfront about what it is you need and whether that's meals together or time together or, or what have you, anything's fair game. Um, and to be able to, to to share what really matters most and have the other person really honor that, you know, gives you a real chance to to grow together and to support each other. 
So I think that might be one step is just the, the self work. Um, and, and, you know, I just think the mechanics, um, uh, sometimes some couples are really good at just flowing in and out of it. Um, but there might be things that, you know, in terms of running a household, you might sit down and say, Hey, let, let's just make this work. How do we, how do we, how do we want to be? Maybe you think of yourselves as a dynamic duo, you know, the favorite, you know, superhero couple or what have you, uh, and make it fun. But I just think being really upfront out of the gate helps, helps people, um, keep it out in the open. And sometimes when it's hard and, and I, what, you know, I'll just use my parents as an example, you know, 30 years into a marriage, my mom, Finally, we're all out of the house and she's graduated from her bachelor's or what have you. And all of a sudden, certain things about my dad's behavior, really, she was a little bit annoyed about and totally fair, totally fair. However, appreciate that my dad had not really seen this coming for 30 years. So it was a big change. Does that make sense? So, you know, I just encourage grooming great habits early on. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that. I think we both um, we're both definitely go-getters and our personal life and our professional life. And we definitely um, do set time aside to appreciate each other and our successes at such a young age. Yeah. So how do you handle conflict? Oh, good question. Um, I am a type of person where I'm a huge planner and organizer. So I try to always think 10 steps ahead. And um, so I really, I really just um, think about, the consequences of the conflict or what could be changed for the better. So I think about it in both ways. And then I really just, I like to take people's advice and um, raise concerns to others where it's needed. Um, and I guess that could be good or bad, but I think that helps me to get other people's perspectives on things. And how uh, does your boyfriend deal with that? I mean, is he similar? Um, yeah, I would say he's similar. We're both, um, He's more of like a um, a more spontaneous person, and I'm more of a planner and organizer. So I think we kind of level each other out on that. He brings up more fun in me, and I calm him down where he needs to be. But I think we work well together because we have both um, sides of the spectrum there. Oh, that's really cool. Uh, I should ask because it's a big shift to be leaving home, and I could I could imagine parents. I mean, I'm sure they're super happy. And at the same time, like, oh, our little baby's leaving. Uh, any trepidation about evolving the relationship with your parents? Yeah, no, I think I have a great relationship with both my mom and dad. Um, I am the oldest of the children with my parents. So my, my mom and dad have two, two kids under me, so three total. Um, so I'm the first to leave home. Um, they were very supportive and happy for us, but also, you know, sad at the same time that their first firstborn is um, going on their own, but it's totally understandable. They're happy for us and excited to see our lives take on together. Mm, that's awesome. So then let's go to the workplace. Do you have, um, you know, and I don't know the environment, do you have to bring work home? I mean, I sometimes for, for you know, it, it, you know, I can be a little bit workaholic <laughs> for sure. Not, no, I mean, I, I have a decent balance, but um, I think, understanding each of your career aspirations and what um, support you need from the other person, you know, where do you need some, you know, stretch um, and, and ability to navigate that um, without causing resentment, you know, and, and I think the ability for each of you to just clarify priorities, you know, and 
And also, I don't know if the careers potentially, you know, if one person's career may or may not take a lead, you know, I think those are things that couples want to be open about, you know, and and really practical about for the greater good. Yeah. So we're both um, obviously new within our careers um, and we both are still learning and getting new experiences and really finding out what we like. Um, So my boyfriend works in sales and he's a great um, people person. He makes friends very easily. So I think he's definitely found his niche. And then I'm more, like I said, like more office um, oriented. And that's why I am where I am. Um, I love my job. He loves his and we both cheer each other on. And um, he works and does, like I said, so he needs more of like a motivational push and he drives for um, success within motivation. So he wakes up every morning and knows that if he needs to make a sale today, he needs to be in the best mood that he needs to be in. So I need to make sure that I, um, being his other half, can relate to that and make him put in a good mood and, and cheer him on that way. Um, but I think we both um, we both really support each other and we set time aside often to go out to dinner and celebrate our um, work um, accomplishments and things like that just to really set time aside and forget not forget, but put put work aside for the night and just celebrate ourselves. Oh my God, you sound like the perfect couple. There's people who've been married 50 years. So you could probably learn a lot. We love that. Love it. What I do you hope love I can most? say that in 50 years. <laughs> what do you love most about your boyfriend? Um, he He's great. He really um, he's just amazing. He lets me um, feel like I feel like the way I want to be. He lets me um, be who I am and I can, um, can feel comfortable around him and he brings out the best in me because like I said, I'm more of a more quiet, um, like I said, uh, like, um, type of person and he's more of the, um, friendly, not, not that I'm not friendly, but he likes to go out and make friends and, um, you know, spend his time that way. So we, we both take on each other's, um, likes and interests and, I'd rather stay in. He'd rather go out and be with his friends and me included, but um, we balance that out and I get to be a part of his hobbies and he gets to be a part of mine. And we both really counteract each other in doing what we both like. Oh my gosh. It sounds like a dream situation. I'm sure a lot of people out there are like cheering away. So do you have, I mean, can you come back? Do you have conflicts? Have you had disagreements? Do you fight at all? I mean, I mean, most relationships have their disagreements, but I would say we don't really, wouldn't call it really fight. We just, I mean, bicker a little bit. And now that we've moved out, um, he's given me a lot of um, leeway with the decorating and the organizing. And he knows that I like to do that kind of thing. So he's, he gets his little areas and I get mine and we do it together and it's fun, but he knows that I like to do that kind of stuff. So he's giving me that space and I appreciate that because I'm a, I'm a girl and that's what girls like to do. Well, I understand that you have a, it seems like you have a good read on what makes him tick and how you can be supportive. If you were to roll reverse, when you think about um, what, what do you need to thrive at work and how can he be helpful in that? Um, I really think like my routine really helps me and just um, knowing what I'm getting myself into for the day and, I'm very routine oriented, so like I like to 
plan out my day and have my weekends planned for um, the upcoming week. And like I said, he's more spontaneous. So he likes to go day by day and that's fine. But I think that I'm more of the person where I need to organize my week accordingly. And, and he, he's very laid back and goes with the flow so he can easily adapt to that. And he does. That's good. Are you good at asking for what you need, Michaela? Absolutely. <laughs> he, um, he definitely lets me have my say in things that I want. And we do agree on everything that is going into our move and everything that we do in our lives. And um, like I said, he supports me and I support him. And do we have our own opinions? Yes, but we always compromise in the end. Oh, it's just a dream. I'm so smiley about this. Okay, so check. You guys are like in a great place. I don't think <laughs> I helped you at all on that front. I'd love to segue a bit because you sound very enthusiastic about your work. And I'm curious how you think about growing at work. Um, so I am the HR coordinator here and I I really love to learn and um, grow and expand my knowledge in, in our industry alone and like HR itself. Um, so I think a goal for myself this year actually is to go to more events outside of the business so that I can learn and bring it back in and help me professionally here. Um, we are a mechanical contractor, so it's a whole industry of its own. Um, so there's still a lot to be learned about what we specifically do every day, let alone um, human resource knowledge aside from that. Um, but yeah, I really want to get out there and um, just take as many courses as I can and um, events and things to, to grow that way. That's fantastic. I do this with with um, folks at all levels, particularly senior ones. And I would ask, and you don't have to answer now, but if you have an answer, I'll, I would take it. You know, if you if I were to ask other people three words or three phrases um, that describe Michaela, what would you want those to be? Think of it a little bit of the Michaela brand. Um. I- one would definitely be um, like motivated and a go-getter. Like I definitely strive for perfection. And if the day ends and my work's not done, I'll stay to get it done. Um, so motivation and um, uh, like strive for success. And I would love to say that I have a great work ethic. And like I said, I like to get my work done and, have it done on time. And if it's not, then I like to make sure that it can be as close to on time as possible. So when I'd hire you, (laughs) (laughs) you are a very bright light. I love, I love it. Love it. We've covered a lot of ground as you've heard yourself. Do you have a, a top takeaway? Um, I think just to be open and tell how I feel and acknowledge what's going on in life and changes and, um, I actually saw this quote the other day and it really stuck with me and it says change is scary, but so is staying the same. Um, So I think that really, really helps. And then with you telling me to be open and acknowledging what's happening in life, I think that really, really sits well. You are wiser than your years, my friend. I would like to bottle you up. I love that quote that you shared. That's really, thank you so much. Yeah. And I just want a, a shout out for you and for all our young people listening. You know, you uh, 
uh, really matter. And perhaps you don't have as many years of experience, but uh, the go get them, the attitude, the balance, the sense of self. I mean, these are things every organization needs and are and highly values. So I, I'm, I'm just cheering for you, uh, Michaela. You know how to reach me. If I can be any help to you at all, uh, you let me know. Okay, you are. Thank you, Molly. I really appreciate you. Yeah, I'm cheering for you. Take a good, take good care. Bye bye. Ciao ciao. Oh my gosh, how much do we love our young people? This is fantastic. Um, Okay, folks, let me just wrap here. My thought for the week, continuous improvement beats delayed perfection. And that is a wrap. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in. Please be part of the solution and kindly share this show. Reflect on your top takeaways. And no, I am cheering for you to be who you are and say what needs to be said so that you and those around you have a shared reality. Essential to make the best decisions, execute with speed and achieve outstanding outcomes at work and in life. Homelessness is a problem that's more costly to ignore than solve. The U.S. spends $12 billion a year responding, but resources alone aren't enough. I'd like you to know there are cities and counties proving what does work. Partnering with Community Solutions, a nonprofit I'm on the board of, more than 80 communities around the country are succeeding in ending homelessness, beginning with chronic and veteran homelessness. They convene local leaders around data and are changing how they work and spend their resources. So homelessness becomes rare. More than half have already reduced the number of people experiencing chronic and veteran homelessness with commitment to get to zero. What can you do? Visit www.built40.org and see whether your community is engaged. Contact your mayor and ask, do you know the number of people experiencing homelessness in real time? Do you know every homeless person by name? What are you doing to drive measurable reductions in homelessness? Please challenge the fiction that says homelessness is an intractable problem. Thanks for listening to Say It Skillfully with host Molly Chang. Join us again for more ways to say it skillfully next Tuesday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow Molly on LinkedIn and Twitter. Check out SayItSkillfully.com and sign up so you don't miss her latest 90-second video. And please, be part of the solution. Kindly tell others about this program so they say it skillfully too. 